in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. You'll want to find Matthew and you'll want to find Luke, okay? Matthew 2 and, and Luke 2. But let's go ahead and go to Matthew, Luke chapter 1, and we're going to read a few verses in here. In verse number 26, we're going to start right there. And we're going to put this in perspective. I want you to kind of think of this. As we look at this, this is what Mary saw. Mary didn't see the angels that the shepherds saw. She heard, she heard them tell the story, but she didn't see them. She didn't see the conversation that Herod had with the wise men. We're going to look and see what Mary saw. We're going to take the look at the places that Mary saw. And so let's look at this really quick. In verse number, one, verse number 26, it says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Let's pray. Ray, would you pray for us, please? Amen. You may be seated. Saw a picture tonight. And I know that I, I was sent, it was sent to me, and I think Daniel got a picture of it also. It was a picture of Caitlin holding her baby. I don't know if that's the first time she's held the baby, but I want to tell you something. That's a blessing, amen. I remember getting phone calls. I was on vacation that week, and Daniel was up there, and he'd call me and talk to me and talk to me about what was going on. And now to see the progression. And so she got to hold the baby, and I want to tell you something, I think she was glowing more than the baby was. So it's good to see her here this morning. If she's listening tonight, we are so thankful for how the Lord's worked this whole thing through with them. So we're going to look at the, the place in relationship with Mary. We're going to start over here with before the child was born, and we're going to work our progression all the way across. There's seven points. We'll go through them pretty quick. But I want you to see this, what Mary, how Mary perceived this whole story of the birth of Christ. Here's the first one, the place of the promise. If you want to write things down, the place of the promise. And here's the promise, and we just started reading it, and we're going to read all the way down so you can, you can keep going in verse number 28. They've just identified Mary in verse number 27, and this is actually happening in a city. There's, there they are back there. Praise the Lord, they're back there. Is that the first time you've got to hold a baby? Well, amen. I, I, was sharing, I just shared that with them. Praise the Lord. I told them you were beaming. You look like you're still beaming. Look at Linus, man. Look at that smile, brother. All right, we're so glad they're here tonight. The place of the promise. All right, and here's the promise, and it's going through. He says, Mary, and then it keeps going in verse number 28. It says, And the angel came into unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And first of all, she's probably troubled at just seeing him. And then she hears what he says, and she's putting all this together and casting in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house 
of Jacob forever, and of, the, of his kingdom there shall be no end. Verse 34, then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? She's asking a question, how can this happen, seeing that I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, and you better, you better write this down in your Bible if you write things down. This is probably one of the most important verses to understand in the Bible. This was the biggest miracle of all miracles, bigger than the parting of the Red Sea, bigger than anything else. Here is the story of Jesus being the Son of God. It says in verse number 35, And the angel said, answered and said unto her, Thou, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, now it could have stopped right there. But God does something because God understands people. He could have ended it right there. But he does something that's very interesting here. He, he, he's going to give her some form of test that she's going to find out is true. Look at the next verse. It says, it's not only happening to you, it says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her, her old age, and is, this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse number 37, great verse, because here we got a woman that is up in age and she's having a child and she shouldn't have it. And then we got another lady that's having a baby that's never been with a man. And look, this is the verse that's found in there. And if you want to underline verses and memorize verses, this is the verse to do it. For with God, nothing shall be what? Impossible. Now look at verse number 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. See, we have the, the, the place of the promise. Her life changed when that angel showed up. Now, I want to tell you, she was a righteous woman. She was not one that would everybody say, Oh, yeah, that's not the kind of lady she was. She had also was dating a man by the name of Joseph was, was a righteous man. And so she's sitting here and she's going, what just happened? Her whole life changed with the place of the promise. The second thing I need you to see is the second part before, they, before this all happens is the place of the parents. Now watch this. Go back over to the other book. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1 and I want you to see these verses. We're going to read these. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18. You say, why is this important? You'll see it in just a second. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. And can you imagine her trying to tell Joseph what happened? I mean, you're talking about the biggest miracle of all times. Now this also happens in the city of Nazareth. And so here, the place of the, of the parents is in Nazareth. And it keep, keep going, it says, And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, and I think this is very interesting, because this still puts a little bit of faith on Joseph. It wasn't like um, the shepherds. They were not dreaming when they saw the angels. But in a dream, he sees this angel, and this angel's talking to him. And he says this, he says, appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, recognizing who he is, who he is, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for which that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. 
Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son. And that shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted as God with us. Now watch this. This is Joseph as a just man. He says in verse number 24, And Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So we have the, 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 the promise, the place of the promise. And then we have the place of the parent. You say, why is that very important? Because it solidified to Joseph what was going on in Mary's life. That's a very important part. Because they needed Joseph, and Joseph was what? In the lineage of David. I mean, you, you look at this puzzle that fits. It fits perfect. The place of the promise the place of the parent and the, and the thing before they're married is the third one is this. It's the place of the promise answered. I want you to go back to Luke chapter 1. And there's a verse in here. I want, you to, I want you to underline some words and I want you to see this. Because here, the, in the first part, the place of the promise, he tells her what's going to happen. But then he also says that she has a cousin that's going to have a baby. So what does she do? It's solidified with Joseph, he's treating her right, but then she automatically gets her promise answered in her mind. She does what everybody else does. She's checking the facts. And look at the next verse. It says, in, go to verse number 39. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah. See, the, the promise answered was in the city of Judah. She seeks out uh, her, her cousin, Elizabeth. We can read all the way through this, but I want, to, I want to point out something to you to solidify it in Mary's life, the answer. It says in verse number 41, it says, It came to pass that when, jo when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she just sees Mary and her babies. Woo. I remember, I remember when, we, when, we had our, when we had our babies, uh, how they would react to certain things. Our first baby... Megan, she hardly ever moved. We thought, my word, is she even moving around in there? Is she okay? Our second one, we thought she was a soccer player. I put my hand on my wife's stomach and you, just, you, you, you could feel her just kicking. In fact, that's why we thought she was a boy, the way she was acting totally different. Here she comes in and she, and she sees Mary and the baby reacts to it. And what does John do? He just starts kicking. Then it says something very interesting. It says that she, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got to understand that aspect of the story. Because she's no longer talking. She's no longer talking from her mouth. She is actually saying what God wants her to say. And watch how this, this promise is answered. Watch this. If you're underlining anything, go to verse number 42 and underline a few words. Watch this. It says, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, underline this first line, blessed art thou among women. Underline that statement and right beside it in your Bible, write the number 28. I'll show you why in just a second. And then it says, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Underline that statement and write the number 31. Why is that important? Because Elizabeth is repeating exactly what the promise was told to Mary. That gives me chill bumps. And she's speaking from the Holy Ghost and she says, listen, listen. Okay, go to verse number 18. 
The first, I mean, verse number 28. Look at what, look at what the, the, the angel had said to her. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and blessed, and the Lord is with thee. Now watch those last five words. Blessed art thou among women. Elizabeth is repeating exactly what the, the, the angel has said to her. Now go to the next part, and you'll see she says another thing about her womb. Go to verse number 31. It says in verse number 31, it says, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Re he, she's repeating basically what the promise was. The promise is answered in her mind. She knows this thing's going to happen. And she knows that the Holy Spirit is, has done, Holy Ghost has went into Elizabeth and told her. She's confirmed it. So what happened in Nazareth was confirmed in this other city, and it's about 80 miles away. It's in Judah, and it's confirmed. And these are all the things that happened before the birth. This is the place where she was, the place of the promise, the place of the parents, the place of the promise answered. And, and then it says at the very end, if you jump to the very end, it says in verse number 56, And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So for three months, she stays with her. And she's comforting Elizabeth. Now, let's look at the next one. We have the, the place of the promise, the place of the parents, the place of the promise answered. Then we have the place of the palace. We're going to talk about the birth really quick. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read the first, first seven verses. It says, It came to pass in those days there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage of David. Verse number five, To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, when you look at this, it's the place of the palace. It wasn't the palace that we thought. It was the palace that Jesus, was, Jesus had chosen. Don't, don't kid yourself. Jesus knew where, where he was going to be born. He chose that place. And that palace just shows to us Lowell, it just shows us that he's for just normal people. He wasn't born in the palace like we would think of. The king of kings, and, and that's probably what threw Herod off. Here we have the, 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 the place of the palace, the birth. This is in Bethlehem. So now we have four, three places. We have Nazareth where the promise was given. We have Nazareth where the, the parents, were, were, the, he accepted it. Then you have the answer in, in Judah, and now you have Bethlehem. You have all four of these places that are going up. The first three are before the birth, and now we have the birth. It's the place of the palace. It's where the king was going to be born. And I am so thankful that he was born there. He wasn't born like what we would consider royalty. I don't know if you've ever studied England and you see their royalty, but I, I often wonder, what are they there for? They don't make laws. They don't make rules. Boy, they sure get a lot of money. But you just, you, you understand. When I look at the king that we have, the king that we have had no sin. The king that we had wasn't wanting everything to him. So in Mary's mind, she has seen an angel. And he told her something. 
in Mary's mind, she has seen her husband change the course of what he was going to do. In Mary's mind, she has seen Elizabeth and the baby, which was a miracle in itself. Elizabeth's birth, baby's birth, was overshadowed by Jesus, and rightly so. Because if you look at what Elizabeth did, there was nothing different from what Elizabeth did than what Sarah did in the Old Testament. But Sarah is well known. Elizabeth is kind of an offshoot with this. And so then you have the birth, the, the palace, the place of that, a lowly stable, probably a cave, animals all around. And I do want to say this. I don't think they went in and didn't clean up. I think Joseph was frantically trying to clean the whole thing up as, possibly, as much as he could. I don't think they just went in there, let's have the baby right here. That's not what they did. I guarantee you he was going in. He probably felt like a failure. Now Mary's having this child, and then you're going to see the fourth, the fifth thing is this, the place of the people. While she's in this, you're going to see the place of the people. Keep reading on, as we go. I want you to go to Luke chapter 2, verses 16, and you're going to see this. Now remember, Mary has not seen everything everybody else has seen. She's not seen the one angel telling the shepherds. But in just a few minutes, just a few moments, or maybe a little couple hours afterwards, the birth was there, you see the place of the people because you see the shepherds show up. Watch in verse number 16. And again, we're reading just a lot of verses so you can get it. It says, and they came with haste. It's talking about the shepherds. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And it says, and when they had seen it, they had made known abroad the saying with which was told them concerning the child. And all, the, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And then when I read this next verse, it made more sense to me. Because we read the whole story and we know all these things that have happened. But in Mary's life, she was told a promise. Her husband, her husband accepted it. She saw Elizabeth and now she has a child. It's probably a lot of pain for her. And now they're, in a, they're in, a, in a stable and she's probably looking around and going, God, what have I done? I mean, you, you've given me this child and now I'm in a, the child's being born in a manger? I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that, we had, that I had to do this. But then you see this. All of a sudden, these shepherds show up. And I love this verse because look at the next verse. It says, and Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. <laughs> it was a place of the people. Where was this found out? Bethlehem. So we have Nazareth, Nazareth, Judah. We have, um, we have Bethlehem, and we have Bethlehem. Those are the first five places that it refers to with, with uh, Mary. It's the place of the promise, the place of the parents. The place of the promise answer, the place of the palace, the place, the place of the people. And watch this. In Luke chapter 2 and verse number 21, Watch, it says this, it says, And when eight days were accomplished, for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was, was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, you've, you've, you've got to also understand this. It was common practice for the oldest son to what? Take the father's name, especially in biblical times. And both of them came with this name Jesus because he was God's son. And so that's an amazing fact, you see that. And so they circumcise him, and then go to the next verse. It says this, it says, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The days of purification in the biblical times is 40 days. 
So in 40 days, it moves from Bethlehem to a town about five or six miles out called, called um, Jerusalem. What I find interesting is that, is we're going to read the next part, and we're going to see that the man that's in Jerusalem doesn't want him and wants to kill him. And you know what God's doing in his, in his providential mind? He's sending him there to bless him and, and make an, a sacrifice for him. And, and the guy's alive at this point, and he has no idea that this king of kings that he's going to search out later is in, his, is in his town. That's an amazing feat if you think about that. It was the, 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 power, the, the place of his presentation as, it looks, as we look at this. So he takes him 40, 40 days later, and they bring him to the, and they bring him to the altar. And they, and they make a sacrifice for him. So now we have two in Nazareth, one in Judah, we have two in Bethlehem, and one in Jerusalem. And you're going to see the next part of the story. Now, between the 6th and the 7th, I don't know how long it was. We have the presentation, the place of the presentation. Well, let's go to the, the other book. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. And we don't know how long it was. It could be a couple of years. And here comes another thing going on the scene. We have the place, what I call the place of provision. Now, Mary has been living and has this child with her. We don't know how old the child was. We do know that it wasn't in the stable. And I'm sorry because nativity scenes do have the, 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 the kings and the wise men there, but they weren't at the stable. They were at the house. Let's look and see where it actually says that. Matthew chapter 2, verse, verse 11 says this. And when they were coming to the... Boy, it's really quiet. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse, verse 11. And when they were coming to the... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Now let's put this in perspective of what Mary... Let's go back and review. Mary sees an angel. It's this place where she's at in Nazareth. She sees the angel. Then she sees her husband to be, treat her like she's royalty. She's not, he's not going to cast her out. Then he got, she goes and she sees Elizabeth. And she sees this child jump and she repeats exactly what the angel said. Then she goes and they're, they're going to pay their taxes. They go to Bethlehem. They have no place for them. Can you imagine if you're the innkeeper? Someone knocks on your door. You have a place for her to, st for her to come. You've got to remember there's a bunch of people coming in to pay their taxes. Now there's no room here. And I, I, I don't know about you, but wouldn't you not feel obligated if you saw a, a, a pregnant woman with him? So, but you, you, you can go to the stable. And so she goes back and she has this child in the stable. I guarantee the innkeeper probably wasn't thinking she's going to have that child there. But she had that child there. Eight days later, he was circumcised, and then he, she, was, she was sent to, they were sent 40 days later to Jerusalem. And now we have this story where they're still in Bethlehem. And there's about an entourage of people to come to her room. Now, you've got you to gotta picture this because she's not seen everything everybody else has seen. And these, these people walk in, and you can tell that they've got money. You can tell these are not the shepherds coming into the field. They've got something to offer them. And so they walk into her room, and she's over here, and, and, and God's going to give them a provision, and all of a sudden they see the child, and she's been around this child, and all of a sudden they see this child, and what do they do? They fall to the ground. This was not common practice for these men. 
But they saw something in that child and they wanted to worship him the right way. So they fall down, and let's read these verses. In verse number 11, it says, And when they were coming to the house, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented to him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then if you keep reading in verse number 13, jump down a verse. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Now, I, I love this part of the story because it shows how much Joseph cared for not only Mary, but for the child. It says that they're going to come in and they're going to do, they're going to do something to her. Flee into, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. And Herod, Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And then it says, read the next verse, it says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. God gets to him in this dream, and he says, listen, you're in Bethlehem right now, but you need to get out of here. And he wakes up, and he grabs all the stuff that he needs and takes them to Egypt. I don't know what my, my wife would do if I said, hey, you know what? We're moving to Canada. We're moving to Canada. Just, just picture this. You wake up your wife in the middle of the night and say, we're moving to Canada. And she says, when? Now, pack up what you want. We're getting out of here. Now, answer this question for me. What Herod did was a terrible thing. I personally cannot fathom a man being that wicked. Can you? I mean, it's beyond recognition to me. Do you not think Joseph heard all about it? Oh, no, he didn't have Facebook. He didn't have the things we have. But I want to tell you, the word got around. And he knew right at that, this particular moment when God had sent him to Egypt that he had done exactly what God had told him to do. It was a provision. It was a provision, number one. It was a provision when the kings walk in and gave him the gifts. And the gifts all meant something. We'll look at that in another, another message. But those gifts allowed them to move. But then it also was a provision that he moved out of where he's at to go to a place that what we would call the world. A sinful place. But it is interesting that the Bible says, for God so loved the world. So now we have, as we go through this, we have the, th the three things before the, before the um, birth. The place of the promise, the place of the parents, and the place of the promises answered. Then during the birth, we have the place of the palace. Which is, in, which is in Bethlehem. Then we have the place of the people where, the, where the, the, um, the shepherds came in and talked with him. Then we have the place of the presentation of Jerusalem where they carry him and they present him at the altar. Then we have the place of the provision, Bethlehem and Egypt, how God took care of him. Now to sum all this up, this is the place of Mary. This is what Mary saw. From this day... And all these in between, the nine months, she had these three things. She had two things when he was born. And from the time that he was born, 33 and a half years later, she would be at the cross to see her son die. When that angel came, it changed her life. Right? The place of Mary was difficult. She heard things that were, there's no way I'd believe that. 
but she believed it. Her husband heard things and thought, this is not even remotely close. But then he believed it. She went and saw her, her, her cousin and Elizabeth and the, the baby jumped. And then she said the exact same thing that the angel said. Then she has this birth and she's like, am I doing the right things? But praise God, those shepherds came in and told her, hey, we're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And that's exactly where that baby was. A couple years, about 40 days later, she would go to that Jerusalem, the same place Herod would be, to destroy her. He didn't know it at the time. Then, the, then the, the kings would come in, these people would come in, this entourage would come into her, and the thing that she saw was a provision. These men coming in, they fell on their face, and they worshipped him. And the next night, or whenever, the, 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 this dream comes on and says, you need to get out of here. And he gets out of there. That was the place of Mary. That was a place of Mary with Jesus. See, I want to tell you something. When you have Jesus in your life, he changes everything. Amen. See, her life was changed when the angel spoke to her. That angel spoke to her from all the seven things that I just mentioned. Her life changed. Can I tell you something? When my life changed is when the Holy Spirit convicted me. And he would send me through these things and get me through these things. And when Jesus entered in my life, Brother Gardner, he changed everything. But my question to you is this. When you go back to that story of them going to the inn, that little statement, everybody knows it. There was no place in the inn. What place do I have for Jesus? Because when he comes in, he'll change your life. What place do you have for Jesus? See, the place that Mary went through was not easy. So you gotta let's go back to these stages real quick. From stage one to three, it was an 80 mile hike. From stage three to four was an 80 mile hike back and an 80 mile hike back. It's 160 miles. Then after 40 days, it was a, a six-mile six mile hike from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. Then it was a six-mile hike back. Then these kings come up, and they give him all these things, the, the, the place of provision, and then he has this dream. And I want if, if just think about what you would tell your wife. I'm going to leave. She trusted him. And that hike from... Bethlehem to Egypt was almost 200 miles. And we're not talking express lane or, or Uber. We're talking about getting there. And they went at night so they could be getting out of the city because they didn't know when this was going to happen. That's a pretty big tale to tell. And so when you study the places that, G, that, that Mary went through, she went through a lot. But when we see Mary again, Larry, I'm going to be so thankful for her. Now, I'm not going to worship her, but I'm going to be so thankful that she was willing to listen in the places in her life where she had to listen to. And so let's put it in our life. What are you going to do with Jesus? What place does Jesus have in your life? See, he's not going to, 
He's not going to ask you, oh, you're going to have a child and this child's going to be God. We don't need that anymore. He's not going to ask you the hard questions that he, he went through with Mary. He's going to ask you simple things to do. He's going to ask you to fulfill what he has for you. He's not going to ask you to move to Egypt. He's not going to ask you to have your children be born in a manger. He's not going to do that. That was Mary's place. What's our place? Where is Jesus at in your place? You say, well, you're a pastor. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus has a place for you. And Jesus wants you to do something. You just got to find out what it is. Your place is not just to sit in a pew. Your place is not just to sing a few hymns. We have a job. And our job's not going to be even remotely close to what Mary's job was and Joseph's job. But it will be worth it all at the very end. God is calling us into Egypt. And He wants us to go to the world and share this gospel. Because 33 years from the, the stage four, He's going to die on a cross. But you know, whenever you talk about dying on the cross, you've got to always remember the next three days. When Mary would walk up to the tomb and it'd be empty. Then I wonder if she would remember what the angel said. I wonder what she thought when he was hanging on the cross, the place of Jesus' feet. When she remembered that boy didn't do anything wrong. He never did wrong in his house. Wouldn't it be great to have a child that didn't do anything wrong at your house? And yet he's dying on a cross. And his, his, his crucifixion was as much for me as it was for Mary. He loves us all. The place of Mary where Jesus was with her. Where's Jesus at in yours? Is there no room in your inn? That's up to you. Don't go out at Christmas time and forget what Christmas is all about. About a little child born in a manger to die on a cross and to rise again.